Welcome to Realign With Your Purpose. My name is Josie Smith, and my purpose here is to help you reconnect with yourself so you can realign with your purpose and reignite your dreams. I'm a mindset and strategy success coach for ambitious, growth-obsessed women just like you who want to identify and break through the roadblocks that are holding you back from reaching your next big up level, whether that's in life, in your relationships, in your career, or in your business, and equipping you with the tools you need to step into your most powerful, most aligned, up-leveled self. I'm here to show you that building the dream life is possible for anyone who's willing to put in the work and invest in themselves. This podcast is all about the real, the fun, the hard, the beautiful, and the challenging parts of life as an entrepreneur, building businesses, cultivating healthy relationships, and diving headfirst into the mindset work necessary to make all of this a reality. As a quick side note, I want to let you know, you're going to hear some spicy language in some of these episodes. So if you have small kids around and that bothers you, go ahead and grab your headphones before we get started, because we're digging into all of it and we're not holding back. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Realign With Your Purpose. Today, we are talking about procrastination. We're going to talk about some of the reasons why we procrastinate, and then I'm going to give you some tools to help you break free of this procrastination. But I want to go beyond just giving you the strategies, because if you've been around these parts long enough, you know I will always tell you Strategy will only get you so far. If we don't address the underlying reasons why we do what we do and meet ourselves where we are and actually change the subconscious programming that keeps getting you into these situations where you find yourself procrastinating, that subconscious programming is always going to be there just under the surface. And the strategies are just going to be like this Band-Aid that you slap on top of this subconscious programming, but it's only going to stick around for so long because you'll keep having this daily battle with yourself. And that battle looks like, it looks like your subconscious telling you one thing, like pushing you in this one direction. But then these strategies that you've learned to try and override this subconscious programming They're in this constant battle. There's this constant contradiction between what your subconscious is telling you you should do and then what these strategies are trying to help you do differently. They're in conflict. And when you're trying to go through life just living with this constant conflict between what your subconscious has been programmed to do and these strategies you're trying to implement that contradict your subconscious programming you're either going to end up giving up, you're going to give up this fight of trying to consistently implement these strategies. And then what happens when you give up? You tell yourself you're a failure, right? You pile this shame onto yourself because you believe you're a failure. You believe you can't stick to anything. You believe you can't do anything right. And, And you convince yourself 
you'll just never have the things you want to have because you can't do the things you need to do to get you to where you want to go. Or maybe you don't give up. Maybe you keep fighting through. Maybe you keep grinding it out. You stay committed to these strategies because you're a go-getter and a fighter. And even though it's hard as fuck some days because of this battle with your subconscious, you might actually have the capacity to keep going. But then what happens is that you go, go, go for so long and the whole time you're still fighting your subconscious, but you've learned how to quiet that inner voice. But the problem is in quieting that inner voice, all you're doing is denying what it is that your subconscious is trying to communicate to you. And in the end, you go for so long, you end up getting burned out because even if our conscious mind isn't aware that we're in this constant internal conflict, our subconscious mind does. And our subconscious mind controls a hell of a lot more than we realize most of the time. So this burnout looks like extreme fatigue, exhaustion. It can look like extreme mood swings. It can affect our work, our relationships, our financial situation. It can lead to actual mental, emotional, and even physical health problems. It can cause hormonal disruptions in our systems and so many other problems. And all that to say, there's really only two options when we try to suppress our subconscious and we ignore the messages that our subconscious is trying to tell us. We give up and convince ourselves we're a failure or we completely burn out and then end up dealing with the very real relational and financial and health ramifications of that burnout. And neither of those are good options. So instead, if we want to be effective, if we want to create real lasting change in our lives, if we want to stop procrastinating on the things we know we need to do, we need to give our subconscious a voice. We need to listen to the things our subconscious is telling us. We need to sit with ourselves in the discomfort of the unknowing long enough to come to this place within ourselves where we can finally hear what our subconscious is telling us. Now, our subconscious mind has a few jobs, and one of those jobs is to keep us safe. So anything that might come up that's contrary to what our subconscious mind deems as safe, our subconscious directs us to avoid those things. But our subconscious doesn't necessarily have the same definition of safety as our conscious mind does. For one, it stores memories from the past where maybe we didn't feel safe or maybe we didn't feel sure about our safety and it functions from this place of seeing everything through the lens of what it's already experienced. So everything our subconscious mind is processing, it's processing by relating it to something that's already in there, something that's already been experienced, or something that's completely unknown. Now, the unknown, the unknown is automatically deemed unsafe because there's nothing to relate it to. There's nothing to compare it to. There's 
there's no frame of reference there to prove that it's safe. So it's automatically deemed unsafe. But anything that might resemble something that's already stored there in the subconscious, anything similar or anything that elicits a similar response or feeling, if it can be related to something that's already stored in the subconscious somewhere, like a memory or a past experience or something we witnessed, if our subconscious sees it as familiar in some way, it'll automatically respond to the current thing based on whether or not the past thing felt safe. Okay, so how does this relate to procrastination? I promise I'm getting there, but it's important to lay this foundation here in the beginning when we're talking about procrastination because it's important to understand the root of why we procrastinate. There's a handful of different surface level reasons why we procrastinate. And it's important to identify those two because they help us identify the core of what it is that threatens this feeling of safety within us. But it's simultaneously really important to understand that ultimately it's this feeling of safety that our subconscious is trying to maintain on our behalf. So I hope that makes sense. But let's talk a little about some of the specific reasons we struggle with procrastination and what to do about them. And I'm going to be super honest and super transparent with you guys here because the whole entire reason I'm talking about this today is that I am smack in the middle of actually dealing with this myself. And every single one of the reasons that I'm going to share, all the reasons why we procrastinate, I recognized every single one of them as a very real part of why I myself kept finding myself procrastinating, the things I knew in my gut I needed to be doing. And so I also want to sort of put myself right in this with all of you, this this journey that we're on. And I know if you listen, you're on a journey of some sort, because if you weren't, I don't think you'd be here. But this journey that we're on, this growth journey, this journey of evolution, it never ends. We are we're on this journey forever. At least we should be. There's no part of this evolutionary journey where we can look at where we've gotten and be like, hey, I've arrived. I'm at the ultimate destination of peak evolution and there's literally nowhere higher I can go. Like that doesn't happen. I mean... You're welcome to stop your journey at any time. Yeah, I hope you don't, but but it's your journey. You can do what you want. But stopping the journey doesn't mean there isn't another level beyond where you've reached. So all that to say, I'm on this journey with you and I'm constantly finding myself in need of self-reflection. I'm constantly finding myself looking at the things I'm doing and asking myself, how I can do better, what I can do better, where I might be lacking, where I might be reverting back to old habits because all of a sudden I found myself at a higher level than where I was yesterday and I'm not so sure what to do next. So as I share this, know 
that this is my journey too. And so back to the reasons we procrastinate, the first reason we struggle with procrastination is that we just have too many priorities or too many things we're trying to make priorities. And it feels overwhelming. When we're trying to do too many things all at once, it can be really difficult to discern what's important or what's most important. So we look at this to-do list that we've created, whether it's an actual to-do list or just a running list in our own head of all the things we tell ourselves we want to do, and then we find ourselves feeling paralyzed because there's no way we can do it all. There's no way we're going to get through this list or get to everything on this list. There just aren't enough hours in the day. And this and this so-called paralysis we experience, it leads to procrastination because we're so overwhelmed and we don't know where to start. So with this, number one, we need to intentionally prioritize. We need to decide what on our list is the most important. What do we need to prioritize? And just focus on that one thing. So when I was struggling with this very recently, I had so many things on this to-do list. And instead of actually doing any of it, I just kept adding more to the list. And I convinced myself that by doing this, I was being productive. By putting, putting things on this list, even though I wasn't doing any of it, that I was being productive because every time I'd sit down at my desk to do something, I'd freeze. And I found myself struggling to start on anything because there wasn't enough time in my day to finish anything. So I just kept procrastinating. And I'd sit there and I'd scroll Instagram instead. Now, the hard part came with first acknowledging that I'd made too many things a priority in my head. I told myself that everything on this list was equally important and I had to do all of it. But knowing there was no way in hell I could actually do all of it, I just wasn't doing any of it. And so I had to really look at everything on this list and commit to making just one thing the most important thing. I had to make one thing, the priority, and focus on that one thing and let everything else just stay on the list until another time. I didn't have to take it off my list. It could stay on the list, but it didn't need to all have equal importance. Now, this was hard, and I'll tell you why it was hard, because when I was honest with myself and everything I'd put on this list, the one thing I knew in my gut I needed to prioritize was the one thing I was the most afraid to do. It was the one thing that was the most uncomfortable because it was the one thing I felt the least qualified to actually do. But it was the most important thing and it needed to be the number one priority. And I needed to stop procrastinating and start doing it. But like I said, it's not enough to just acknowledge and recognize these things, we have to dig deeper. We have to get to the subconscious level and identify why our subconscious has this procrastination tendency, which takes us into the second reason we struggle with procrastination, which really I should reframe this. It's not so much a second reason 
as it is like a second level. So the second level, if you will, this level underneath the recognition of having too many priorities is self-doubt. When I identified that the one thing I knew in my gut I needed to prioritize was the one thing I was the most afraid to do because it made me the most uncomfortable because it felt like it was the thing I was the least qualified to actually do, I had to look this self-doubt in the face and acknowledge that that was what was underneath the surface of this never-ending to-do list. This feeling that what right did I have to try to do this thing I wanted to do? There's a thousand other people out there already doing this thing, and they're doing it so much better than I felt like I could do it. And And what if I do try it? What if somebody sees me trying it? And what if they judge me because it doesn't look like how their cousin Jennifer is already doing the exact same thing and she's been doing it for 10 years so she knows what the hell she's doing and I'm over here making a fool of myself pretending to know what I'm doing? Or what if I start something? What if I create something and somebody pays me for this thing I've created? And what if what I deliver doesn't meet their expectations? What if it's not good enough? That self-doubt, that feeling of not being good enough, but not being good enough at what? At something I've never done before? Of course I'm not gonna be good at something I've never done before. The first time Jennifer on Instagram did the thing 10 years ago, she wasn't good at it either. Nobody expected her to be because she'd never done it before. And no one expects me to be good at something I've never done before. And no one expects you to be good at something you've never done before. You you guys, I've gone back a few times. Don't do this. Please don't do this. Or whatever. Do it. It'll make you feel better about yourself probably. But I've gone back and listened to some of my first podcast episodes from just one year ago. And I cringe so hard because they are so terrible. You guys, they really are. They're terrible. But something in me told me to do it, told me to stop procrastinating because I'd waited to start a podcast for so long and I'd procrastinated for so long until something in me was like, you got to start this thing now. And so I finally did it. And then I kept doing it. I kept showing up twice a week most of the time, sometimes even five times a week. I kept showing up. I kept doing it. I kept getting better. And now listen, I'm not saying that this is like an expert level podcast by any means, but it is light years from where it was when I started. And it's only getting better because I'm committed to making it better. I'm committed to personally getting better. And you only reach expert status By doing the thing, you have to start, you have to show up, you have to put in the reps over and over and over and over. And that can be scary, which leads me into this next level, this third level of why we struggle with procrastination. And that's fear. And this fear can manifest itself in so many different ways fear of success, fear of being seen, fear of having to keep doing the same thing, fear of having to make a hard decision. 
So let's dig into a few of these fears. First, a fear of success. And you might be thinking, come on, who's afraid of success? Why would I be afraid of succeeding in something I want to do? Maybe a fear of failure, sure. Fear of falling flat on my face and people judging me. Fear of this thing I want to do not actually working out, but not a fear of success. That's just crazy. So, okay, let's start by talking about this potential fear of failure. When we say we're afraid of failing, it's actually not about the failure itself. It's not about fearing the failure itself because let's be real. If you try something and you fail at it, what have you lost? Nothing. You're just right back in the place you started. Not having the thing you said you wanted, not doing the thing you said you wanted to do, but you already didn't have that thing. You already weren't doing that thing. Trying the thing you want or the thing you want to do and failing at that thing doesn't mean you have less of the thing. You already don't have the thing. You can't have less of something you already don't have. So if you stop procrastinating, if you try the thing and you fail, you're just in the same place you started in. And you might say, but yeah, but people watched me fail. I said I was going to do this thing and I wasn't able to do this thing. And now people, people know I'm a big fat failure. That isn't a fear of failure. That's a fear of judgment. That's a fear of being seen. And we're going to talk about that one next, but let's dig into this fear of success a little bit because that also is going to lead us into this fear of being seen. So why the hell would you fear success? Now, remember, a lot of this is happening at the subconscious level, which I talked about earlier. A lot of this is happening beneath the surface of our conscious awareness. So sometimes it's hard to pinpoint. But why would you fear success? For starters, if you do something and you're successful, all of a sudden you have to step into this new identity. All of a sudden you have to hold yourself to this new standard. You have to step outside the standard you've held for yourself up to this point and you have to acknowledge that you've raised the floor of the minimum you can do. Your minimum is no longer way down here where you were before, but it's it's up here a little ways. It's It's a little bit higher. And you have to call yourself up to this new minimum. And holding yourself to a higher minimum is scary because you have to do more consistently. If your minimum standard is raised, you have to maintain that new minimum, which requires more consistently showing up. It requires you to keep doing the thing, the thing that is now your new minimum. So we hold ourselves back. We procrastinate doing the thing because it's safe back here at our old minimum. We, we know we can maintain that old minimum because we've been doing it for years. It's safe. It's familiar. It's, it's comfortable. We don't have to push ourselves. We don't have to challenge ourselves. It doesn't hurt us. Stretching hurts. Stretching is scary. Stretching doesn't always feel safe. And 
our subconscious, remember, wants to keep us safe. My my very real example here is that there are two things I've wanted to do with this podcast that I kept procrastinating. If you've listened for a while, you know that for the first almost year, most of my episodes were solo episodes. And I do love doing solo episodes, but also over the past year, I've learned so much from so many different people, so many people who've had far more experience and and who have far more expertise than I do. And I've wanted to bring some of those people here to the podcast to talk to you, to interview them and, and share them on the podcast so you can learn from them too. Now, the thing is, many of these people I've learned from, I've paid them a lot of money to learn from them. I've invested a lot financially in benefiting from their knowledge and experience and expertise and asking them to come and talk on the podcast to share some of those things with you without a financial compensation. Like you guys get to hear from them for free. A lot of the things that I've paid a lot of money to learn, I'm sharing with you guys for free. And that's huge. But I held myself back from asking some of these people to come on the podcast because subconsciously I knew if I start bringing some seriously seasoned and knowledgeable experts here to the podcast and and I share them with you, that's a new higher minimum level that I'm going to need to hold myself to. And that was scary because asking someone to be a guest on my podcast who charges hundreds and sometimes thousands of dollars an hour to do a coaching session, asking them for an hour of their time for free, like that's a little intimidating, even for me. And and I knew if I started this, it was something I'd need to maintain. And I procrastinated asking the people I wanted to ask, inviting the people I wanted to invite because subconsciously, I knew that I'd I'd have to then hold myself to this new minimum standard I'd be setting for myself. And that's a lot to hold myself to because it feels uncertain. It feels scary. It feels unsafe because the familiarity and the comfort of just doing solo episodes and being able to record whenever and wherever I wanted and talk about whatever I wanted on every single episode, that was safe. That had kept me safe. Staying small was safe. Having this low minimum standard was safe. The other thing I'd wanted to do with the podcast was create videos, both short video snippets to share on social media to promote my episodes and especially my guests. But also, I've wanted to create a YouTube channel. I wanted to have the option for people to actually watch a video podcast in addition to just offering the audio. But again, that would be raising my minimum standard, raising the floor of the minimum standard I set for myself. It would require more planning in my recording. I'd have to actually be sitting in my office, probably not in my pajamas, probably wearing makeup, and I'd have to be more conscious about the lighting in my office. 
and then sharing videos of my podcast on a whole other platform like like YouTube, I'd be getting in front of a whole new group of people. More people be seeing me and actually literally seeing me because I'm on camera, which then opens you up to more criticism and more unsolicited feedback. And I don't know if you've met some of these people on the internet, but y'all, they can be fucking ruthless. You're out there talking about helping people make their lives better, and they're all, your front tooth is crooked, your your part is uneven, your eyebrows are jacked up, the color of your shirt is stupid. And when you do something new and you're successful, it raises your minimum standard. And that's why this fear of success merges right into this fear of being seen, because being seen puts you in a new arena with new eyes, new visibility. So now when you do something, anything, you not only have this higher minimum standard you have to accept, but you have more people watching you and and judging you and criticizing you, but also championing you. And you don't want to let them down. So you have to up-level big time. And you have to hold yourself to that up level. And making that commitment is scary. And another piece of this fear of success is this fear of having to keep doing the same thing. If if you do something and it works, if you're successful, you're suddenly in this place where you feel like you have to keep doing it. But what if it's hard? What if it takes more time than I think it's going to take? What if I don't enjoy it? We fear getting stuck doing something we might find we don't actually enjoy doing if we find that we're successful in it. And why do we fear that? Well, think about it. How many people do you know, maybe even yourself included, who got into a career either right out of college because that's what you got your degree in or early in adulthood because it just happened to be the thing you fell into and suddenly you wake up one day, maybe in your 30s, maybe in your 40s, and you realize that you're miserable. How many people do you know who stay in careers they absolutely hate because they spent a lot of time and a lot of money getting a degree and they don't they don't want to waste it? How many people do you know that started doing one thing in their 20s and they just kept doing that thing forever because it was all they knew how to do and they didn't think that they could make a leap and learn something new? This is one of the most prevalent things I find when I work with clients who are struggling in their careers. And if it's not you, I can almost guarantee There is at least one person you know who's in this boat, and you know who that person is. And this external message that we're bombarded with, that if you do something and you're successful at it, that you have to keep doing it forever and ever until the end of time, It's that's the shit that hangs out in our subconscious mind, and that's the shit we're afraid is going to happen to us either because it already has or because we've seen it happen to other people. So in my example of wanting to create a YouTube channel for my podcast, 
a big part of me didn't want to be tied to this expectation that if I started releasing video episodes, I'd have to forever and ever do video episodes because sometimes inspiration hits me when I'm driving in the car or when I'm out on a walk or when I'm sitting on my bed in my pajamas writing in my journal. And sometimes I get some of my best content when I just talk without a plan and without an outline and I just let the message come through me like it's coming from this higher source. And if I wait to record so that I can set up my lighting and put on some clothes and do my makeup, the inspiration leaves me. So I gave myself permission. Just because I start recording videos doesn't mean that every single episode needs to be a video. When I start releasing video content on my YouTube channel, which I haven't done yet, but I do have quite a bit of videos recorded and ready to go when I do, I've just been procrastinating. But when I start releasing videos on my YouTube channel, it's not going to be every single episode. Some episodes are only going to be in audio form, and that's okay. I'm not going to force myself into a position where I feel like if I have a super inspired podcast topic I want to record on a whim, that I can't do it because I'm not in front of my camera. I'm going to give myself the permission to do it on my terms. And, And if it serves me and it serves my audience the way I think it will, that's awesome. And if it doesn't end up serving anyone, if the video content ends up being more of a distraction than a benefit to anyone, myself included, then I also give myself permission to pivot away from that if that will serve me better. Even if giving up something that I initially thought was a brilliant idea ends up being the thing I have to do in the end, making the hard decision to honor myself and where I'm at at any given season is the most important thing. Which leads me into that final fear that sometimes drives our procrastination, which is the fear of having to make a hard decision. And specifically what I'm referring to here is the fear of having to make the decision to give up something or to step away from something that A, we thought was a great idea and acknowledging that maybe we misjudged it, or B, having to make the decision to give up something or step away from something that feels like the sure thing, that feels like the safe thing. This is a big one, guys. Let's say you are one of those people who woke up one day and realized the career you invested your time and your money into building, you hate it. And it's making you miserable. It's making your family miserable because you're so miserable, but you spent a lot of money getting that degree. You spent a lot of time working your way up to the role you're in today, and you're paid a lot of money to do what you do. Or honestly, even at the very least, you're paid enough money to live the life you've decided is quote-unquote good enough. Your needs are met. You have a little extra to maybe take a vacation with your family. You're not struggling. You're comfortable. But you've felt this nudge to do something new. Maybe it's to build that business you've been dreaming about, to step into entrepreneurship, to create 
something of your own, something where you get to decide what you want to do and who you want to serve and what hours you want to work and when you want to take days off and even where you want to live. But you've procrastinated starting that thing. You've procrastinated taking the steps you need to take to begin the process of building whatever it is you want to build, whatever it is, that vision that's been put on your heart to create, you've put it off. Because if you do the thing, if you're successful in the thing, it means you have to give up the other thing, the thing you're doing now. And even though the other thing is making you miserable, it's providing you with the life You've built and your subconscious has decided that it's good enough. And the idea of letting that thing go, the idea of walking away from the thing that feels stable and secure, that's scary. But if you start this new thing, if you build this thing that's just your own and you have some level of success, you're going to actually have to take that leap and walk away from the quote-unquote sure thing in order to maintain this other thing that still feels scary and uncertain. And so you procrastinate. You keep saying someday, but you keep saying it day after day after day after day, and that someday just stays this elusive idea floating around in the ethers. And most of us, we don't all of a sudden wake up one day and jump out of bed and say, okay, Today is someday. Today is the day. We have to go through the process of diving into this deep inner work that allows us to connect with our subconscious, that allows us to identify these fears and these underlying messages that are controlling our subconscious. And if you've been listening to this message today because you too struggle with procrastination, because you have too many priorities, because your to-do list is too long, because you struggle with self-doubt, because you're afraid, afraid of being seen, afraid of finding yourself stuck doing something you realize you really don't want to do, afraid of making a hard decision to walk away from something or to step into something new. You're not meant to take this journey alone. You're not. I always thought I had to figure everything out on my own. I'm an Enneagram 8. That's what we do. We shake shit up. We make things happen. And we do it without any help from anyone because we're strong and independent. But I had a very real awakening one day when I was faced with a choice to keep trying to do all of this on my own or to surrender my pride, my strength, my my lone wolf mentality, and actually trust another person, actually lean on another person to allow another person to see these more vulnerable parts of myself that I had hidden so far deep in my own subconscious that I didn't even know they were there. When I hired my coach and when I finally allowed myself to fully trust her and to fully lean into her wisdom and to take her advice, I was able to unlock these deeper parts of myself 
that I didn't even know were in there. I was able to step into this identity of of the person I didn't even know I was designed to be. I was able to recognize the ways I was holding myself back, the ways I was keeping myself stuck and the things in my life I was missing out on and my family was missing out on because of the ways I was holding myself back and keeping myself stuck. And I want that freedom for you. I want you to want that freedom for yourself. And if you're like, yes, I do want that freedom for myself. I want to stop procrastinating. I want to stop holding myself back. I want to get unstuck. I want to remember who the fuck I am. Reach out to me. I would love to support you one-on-one. I would love to be not only a mentor and a coach, but also your biggest cheerleader, your biggest supporter, the person you can message when you feel like everything is going to shit, but also the person you can message when you have something epic you want to celebrate. We're like four weeks into the new year, and if your New Year's resolutions, your New Year's goals, your New Year's intentions aren't going as well as you'd hoped, and you're almost ready to throw in the towel, the same as you've done every year before, but you've been keeping yourself up at night, trying to figure out how to make this year different. You've been trying so hard, but you're not sure how much longer you can keep trying because it's just not working. Reach out to me. Send me a DM on Instagram. Send me an email or just click in the link in the show notes to apply for one-on-one coaching and let me know you're ready, and that 2024 is going to be the year you actually change your life and stop procrastinating. Thanks for tuning in to Realign With Your Purpose. My intention is that the messages I share here in this podcast help you experience a mindset shift, as well as actual transformation and growth. If you found value in today's episode, please share it with a friend so they can experience the growth and transformation that you found in these messages. Or take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And be sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for spreading the message and encouraging everyone to believe in themselves and their dreams. And if anything I talked about today really spoke to you, send me a DM because I would love the opportunity to have a conversation with you. As always, it's been an honor to share this time with you today. And until next time, you got this.